0: Welcome to the Share Life Podcast with Jason Scott Montoya, where we explore stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome to a special edition of the Share Life Podcast. We're in an ongoing series as part of the discovery process for my next book project, From the Garden to the Cross, How Jesus's Harrowing Mission Shows Us the Way Forward. And this discussion, we're reflecting on the moments where Jesus was presented to Pilate by the religious leaders and ending with the point, uh, the part where he asked Jesus the question, what is truth? So today I'm, again, I'm Jason Scott Montoya, author and creator sharing stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Today I'm joined by Chi-Chi, Len, and Jonathan. Chi-Chi, say hello. Hi, hey
1: everyone, hello. <laughs> uh,
0: Chi-Chi Okesi is a network <laughs> trilingual cultural expert author, consultant, speaker, and founder of Simple Networking, Len Wickberg. Len, say hello. Hello. Uh, Len Wickberg is an author, strategic mind, multimedia designer for the Child Care Education Institute, a former employee of Noodlehead Marketing, and my cousin, and he's someone leaving this world better than when he arrived. Jonathan Stover. Jonathan, say hello. 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 Jonathan is supporting shop fitters and retail designers by providing extended manufacturing capabilities with cost savings. As the CEO of Georgia Display, so let's jump into the passage where we where, um, which takes place after Jesus being betrayed, arrested, and accused. Jesus is now presented to Pilate for execution. We'll read and discuss my harmonization of the story from the different accounts of Jesus' life with quotes from the New Living Translation. Then we'll explore the story through the following questions. What can we learn about Jesus, humanity, and ourselves from this monumental moment in time? How does this event apply to our lives today? Now for those just following along, this event takes place after Jesus' agonizing prayer in the garden, after his arrest, his betrayal by Judas, a night of scheming to find a way to sentence Jesus to death by the religious leaders, the three denials of knowing Jesus by Peter, and eventually the death of Judas. So there we enter into the story. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. And let me know if you see the passage in front of you. Are we good to go? All right. Mm Let me zoom in a little bit here. All right. So this passage comes from Mark 15, 2 through 5, Matthew 27, 11 through 14, Luke 23, 1 through 5, and John 18, 28 through 38. While the entire religious council led Jesus to Pilate in the early morning, they did not enter the Roman governor's palace as doing so would make them ceremonial unclean and unable to participate in the Passover. Pilate came out to them. What charge do you bring against this man? The religious leaders answered. We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal. Pilate responded to them. Then take away and judge him by your own law. Confirming Jesus' prediction that he would die, the Jewish leaders revealed why they were handing him over for Roman punishment. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone. Pilate returned to his headquarters and summoned Jesus. Standing before the Roman governor, Pilate turned to Jesus and asked him a question. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus quipped back. Is this your own question, or did others tell you about me? Unclear as to what was going on and why Jesus' own people had brought him before the governor, Pilate sought an answer to the presented crimes. Am I a Jew? Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why, what have you done? Jesus replied, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate quit back. So you are a king. Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize what I say is true. Before going out to the crowd, Pilate replied once more, what is truth? Pilate, not staying for an answer to his question, returned to the crowd and seeing no criminal offense on the matter, spoke to the religious leaders. He is not guilty of any crime. The high priests were insistent, spewing their criminal accusations against Jesus in front of the governor. Looking at Jesus, expecting an answer and receiving none, Pilate probed Jesus, "Aren't you going to answer them? What about all these charges they are bringing against you?" Jesus remained silent, and Pilate was amazed. Pilate turned to the mob, a religious leader, two and religious leaders, and repeated his message: "I find nothing wrong with this man." The insistent crowd responded, "But he is causing riots by his teaching wherever he goes, all over Judea, from Galilee to Jerusalem unexpectedly prompted by what was said Pilate responded oh is he a galilean the crowd confirmed he was galilean since herod of antipas was in charge of that area in the jerusalem Pilate responded to this fact by sending jesus to herod so a lot there to process um there are a few things that stick out to me but i'll pick i'll just pick one to start um he when Pi, uh, when uh, Pilate asks him, "Are you the King of the Jews?" and Jesus quips back, "Is that your own question, or did others tell you about me?" and I think that's really interesting because I think a lot of what's unfolding with Pilate is he's very um, aware of and and influenced by the crowd, by the people, by the people um, that you know, he is in charge of. Um, And he's also has a has a desire for to prevent any type of a, a revolution or uprising. And so he's very sensitive to that dynamic. And so it's interesting to think like, that Jesus is sort of saying, like, are you actually asking me this question? Is this something you're interested in? Or are you only interested in it because other people are putting pressure on you to ask it? And some of the other questions kind of fall in that category. So that's, that's kind of what sticks out to me. Uh, Jonathan, you know, what, when you hear this passage, what is it that stuck out for you?
2: Well, for me, it was really two ideas that surfaced. Uh, when I, one was more obvious and superficial and one that arose as I dug into the passages and started doing a little bit of research um, you know, in context to the story. So the first and most obvious one is the, what, the seemingly blatant hypocrisy and really cowardice by the Sanhedrin. Uh, this was a group of people who, if you just read the account here, they—I mean, they, they just seem like they're wholly self-serving. That there is a certain status quo that they are trying to uphold, and that they're the beneficiaries of that status quo, uh, probably financially, from a place of status and power, and that probably feels good, and they want to perpetuate that. But also, these people are—they're cowards, right? They're—they're they're wanting the Romans to do their dirty work, and it's. You know, from the from earlier in the passages, the accounts of the thirty pieces of silver that they gave Judas, not wanting to receive those thirty pieces of silver because they were blood money, to them. You know, the the, the passage that we just wrote in your in your well, not the just wrote in the harmonization there, them not wanting to go uh, into into where into where uh, Pilate was because it mm-hmm. makes them ceremoniously unclean, and it's yeah. just uh, it's <laughs> market to, to to observe that. But the second thing, the more interesting thing, was this. Uh, was Pilate, and who was Pilate, and why was he acting like this, right, because uh, reading the account in the Bible, he seems to oscillate, right, like he's Mm -hmm. going back and forth, you know, is he guilty, is he not guilty, and he does this several times, it's not a fleeting thought, it's something that he has, that's a seen conviction in him, Mm -hmm. and even later on, he, he gets a message from his wife, and his wife has some of these same uh, reservations right yeah and so who was Pilate what was causing him to to, uh, to to act like this and you know through reading some independent accounts some non-biblical accounts of Pilate uh, he he was a pretty ruthless individual and yeah. he did not oscillate in uh, in other stories and independent accounts of him uh, there are several accounts of him being a murderous individual mm-hmm. that uh, was really dealt heavily heavy-handed yeah. in the in the uh, in the, in the Jewish community, yeah. where he was a, a constant antagonist to the Jewish people. Yeah. And so it brought in those predispositions into this, into this, uh, scenario, what caused him to oscillate? Because it seemed like it would be a pretty clear cut case for him, you know, unless that he was, this, this was a, uh, some type of strategic power game for him, for, for him. Right. Because maybe he knew what he wanted to do. But he was using and leveraging the conversations with mm-hmm. the Sanhedrin to make them beg, right? Like he yeah. wanted a certain outcome, they wanted a certain outcome. Yeah. He could leverage his power and situation to make them beg for the outcome that he ultimately, yeah. anyways. So those were those are really the two yeah. things that surfaced for me.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things that comes to mind when you say that is, um, I imagine most of the situations and cases that came before pilot were. We're um, we're we're fairly obvious in a sense. You know, you have someone that's that's a rebel upriser. They've done something wrong, and now they're brought before Pilate. Right now, he's dealing with a situation that's unique in the sense that this seemingly innocent man is being presented to me. Like it almost seems like the situation itself kind of um, dislodged him or or unsettled him in a way that, okay, I wasn't expecting this type of scenario to unfold. I hadn't planned for this, or I haven't. Ex- experienced this. So that's, that's one thing that came to mind when you said that. But Chi-Chi, what, what do you think? What is it that stuck out for you or what resonated or what, uh, you know, did you connect with?
1: I thought it was interesting when um, Pilot was amazed by Jesus' non-reaction
0: mm-hmm. learning. And
1: I'm um, learning that. No. no response is a response. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and, um, I, and he just, exp- I mean, if, if I think about it, you know, we have that, um, advantage because we have the Bible, we've read it. We know how the story ends, how it starts, yeah, yeah. what happens and how it ends. So we have that advantage. Um, but to, I would think like even back then, if you're being persecuted, even if you were guilty, you would try and say something to, to yeah, alleviate yeah. that, that, you know, um, to try and get out of the situation, but for, for Jesus to be calm in that situation, I couldn't even imagine, you know, I would, I don't know how I would act. Right. Yeah. (laughs) All these people that are coming against you and they're notable people. These are not, you know, um, they're, they're well respected in the community and, Mm -hmm. um, somewhat credible. Remember, um, as Jonathan said, they're not going into the temp, going into that space because they don't want to be unclean, but yet they're, persecuting someone that's innocent and that's okay yeah
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah, he's placing um, his jesus placed his fate in Pilate's hands and and he didn't quite handle that in a way that we would have hoped you know
1: exactly so that's what stood out was actually Pilate's reaction of um the just his amazement at jesus non-reaction that's what stood out for me
0: and it and it's so like you said it's so if any of us were accused of something especially if we were innocent um, there, none no, of our silence and non-response would, would, probably not be any of our response, right? No. <laughs> we're going to want to defend ourselves. Um, yeah. and, and especially if there's a real severe, um, consequence, Penalty. like, yeah. right, this is his death, right? Yeah. And so if any of us were going to be sentenced to death, um, as an innocent person based on false accusations to say quiet would be the, the last thing I I'd imagine would be inclined to do. So. So yeah, that's interesting. So Len, what about you? What's what do you connect with? and What sticks out?
3: Yeah, I I didn't know much about Pontius Pilate until
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> doing this uh, this uh, podcast with you and and um, what with this part specifically, I re- I really like when he's like when he answers back, "Am I a Jew?" And it's just the it, some of the stuff that I've seen in research, and mm-hmm. like Jonathan was saying, you know, he had an M, what is it? Uh, I don't know if the word existed back then for the uh, anti-Semitic. Yeah, but he was very already anti-Semitic, and that yeah. might have been how he even got that position. Uh, but just kind of throwing that in his face already. Yeah, and later on, how it goes into you know, you saying like I have the power to do this or not? Yeah, you gotta tell me something, or right? like and like Gigi was saying, you know, yeah, who's gonna def- is he- someone's gonna defend their life? Yeah, on trial like that. So, so not much, but that I have to add. But that's just what stands out to me.
0: Well, and yeah, that's interesting you say that because what's what kind of what's happening here is. Kind of a flipping upside down of that pi- that power dynamic. Pilate is saying, "I'm I am in charge here," but cr- obviously, you know, as a Christian, we're seeing that Jesus is the one that's that's really in charge of what's what's going on. And so, he's his his lack of response is almost um, he's not giving he's not making it easy for Pilate to do his job. <laughs> Put yeah. it that way. And that kind of makes him flounder. Uh, so yeah, that that's that's interesting. So I guess to pull back, um, you know, to the beginning part, where that just to talk about this hypocrisy and um, as you said, Jonathan, the cowardice. You know, they're I, I find it so ironic um, that they're um, you know they're presenting Jesus to be executed while they're trying to stay. Um, clean for the Passover right so Chi Chi you know how do how do you relate to that or how do you connect to that or, or what does that tell you um
1: I thought about and I yeah you know, I cheated I listened to the um the episode before with um <laughs>
0: yeah let's <that's
1: good. laughs> to to get answers. a little bit of um, pre story here and um and so a lot resonated for me it's kind of that um that as you mentioned there's Um, how do I say this? It's like polar opposites, the law and grace. Yeah. The law and grace. And um, they, they want to, and it's almost like have, have they done this before? You know, um, manipulate stories and be able to make these type of scenes where innocent people are being executed because they don't like them. And they're able to air quotes, get away with it under Mm -hmm. the law. And, you know, of course we know Jesus comes to switch that around and really bring grace into, Mm -hmm. into the picture. And that's probably something they just couldn't, of -hmm. course, couldn't deal with, you know, they're used to going by the law and they're seeing that it just doesn't work. How can, how can you do that Mm. and still have a conscious? I I just didn't understand that (laughs) at (laughs) all.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess, uh, Len, what would you add to that? I mean, there is an aspect of um, that hypocrisy that, that is not so foreign to us. I I think we, we do that type of compartmentalization, I think, in other, in parts of our lives, it seems like.
3: Yeah, definitely. And kind of like when we were over for dinner a couple of weeks ago. um, We were kind of talking about, uh, I've been reading a lot of Tozer and this kind of fits into that same uh, subject we were talking about of just the super religious, Mm -hmm. then the total anti-theists or another religion that's besides uh, Christianity. And then you got the people that are in the middle, Mm -hmm. the ones that actually... Kind of more than not, they are the ones that actually suffer the most out of these two sides that keep on battling against each other and such. Mm. And so I think we see that too. You know, we got Pontius Pilate on one side, we got the religious leaders on the other side, we got Jesus in the middle, and he's coming to actually change all this. Um, And it's it's scary to them um, because of the power grabs, and it's just. Mm part of our human nature what we do to each other
0: yeah
3: all the history and what we continue to do
0: mm-hmm. yeah so he goes on to you know he's asking them you know what charge do you bring against this man you know we wouldn't have handed him over to you if we wouldn't for a criminal so it's like there's a little bit of a kind of a feistiness there um and and Pilate essentially i think what's so interesting is as a, an authority he's calling these religious authorities um to account and in a sense that he's holding them accountable and he goes on to say you know i I, his authority essentially illuminates their motivation which he says only the romans are permitted to execute someone essentially he's by asking them these questions he's he's getting them to answer what their motive is which is to kill jesus (laughs) so i found that pretty fascinating jonathan you know how do you relate to that um I mean, often, you know, our motivations, we can kind of hide them because we're maybe uh, doing something we shouldn't, um, or, uh, you know, you have kids, as, as I do, and, and sometimes we have to sort of wrestle with what's really going on here that's driving this behavior, and, and all of a sudden, in this situation, we're seeing Pilot pull that out. So what, it, what's, what do you think is going on there?
2: Yeah, so I think the obvious observation about the Sanhedrin is, as I stated, these are probably some of the most hypocritical, coward, cowardice people that you'll ever come across in the Bible, and these people are just, their actions are seemingly so blatant, but what if they were acting from complete conviction, what if they really thought that what they were doing was the right thing, that they had these, these, uh, these sacraments, right, that cannot, that must be withheld at all costs, yeah, by doing so, they completely missed the whole entire story, yeah. right? But, like, what if that was the case? And, mm-hmm. you know, just like they said, you know, we would not have brought him if there wasn't a crime that was committed here.
1: And yeah. so maybe,
2: maybe, just maybe, there was a level of conviction there. And that, and, and that, and that caused me to think, looking at the story through the lens of our current experience now, you know, what sacraments, I mean, even talking about politically or culturally mm-hmm. or just whatever arena that you want to take a look at. What are the sacraments on both sides that the sides hold that prohibit the truth from servicing and prohibit good, robust dialogue and, and and solving the problems and things like that? So yeah. I just I, I just sat in that thought for a minute and tried to say you know put myself in their shoes. Maybe they weren't hypocrites. Maybe these people really were acting from a place of very strong held conviction. If that's the case. You know what what changes does that cause me to make, right? Like how how should I re-examine and evaluate the premise that I work from on a daily basis, whether it be for my kids or the church or politics or whatever else? What examination needs to be done there to make sure that the tenets that I hold and the sacraments that I have are true mm-hmm. and upright and not artificial or fabricated by my own being or influenced by people who shouldn't be influencing
0: me? Yeah. So how do you, know, because you have strong convictions, as, as we all do, how do you know your convictions are not in the uh, religious uh, vein that we're seeing here? How, how do you know when, when it is um, right and good and true and when it is fully, con- you're fully convicted, but it's not those things?
2: Well, I think uh, speaking, well, I think that someone who is a believer handles you know, is, is, a, is, a, is a follower of Christ handles it differently than maybe someone who is not a follower of Christ. So as a follower of Christ, I seek the one thing that I know is true, and that's the Bible. So I seek truth there, but I also interlace accountability as well. And so I I don't ever want to operate in a silo, and and that's a very dangerous place for me personally to be in, and I assume that most people to be in, you're making decisions in a silo. I like to seek wise counsel. I like I like to look to see what the Bible has a has has a clear answer for guidance for living and for problem solving, whatever the case is, whatever uh, situation that you're trying to trying to wrestle down. But also seek wise counsel because I think that there's that, that there's wisdom there, uh, specifically for people that are older than me and maybe who have gone through these journeys. I I, I, I try to seek uh, guidance from those types of people because, left to my own devices, uh, I'll make a bad decision. <laughs> yes. Yeah not anything that's uh that's
0: new to me I think that's the, that's the human condition yeah yeah and I think some of what you said it does remind me of the apostle Paul right he was or I guess at the time Saul of Tarsus before he was the apostle Paul um and he was highly convicted and he did believe he was doing the right thing he was a zealot an extremist um but he believed that what he was doing was for God right mm-hmm. and um and then he met God on the road and on the road to Damascus and and everything changed so um, Len, what would you add to that dynamic of um, our convictions are not necessarily true, and how do we how do we deal with that?
3: Yeah, I think that comes down to the this whole thing of what is truth.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know,
3: that's where it starts hitting huh. what you believe in and why. Um, even like Jonathan said about wise counsel. Who, who is Pilate getting his wise counsel from, you know? Who are, uh, who are the, who's the religious leaders getting their wise counsel from? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that kind of interests me. Um, and I can put ideas and thoughts in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, of, and it, with the religious like, leaders, there, there is an implication that Annas, who I guess is the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who is the head priest, so this father-in-law is essentially kind of pulling strings even though he's not the official leader he's the guy behind the curtains sort of um has an authority and so to your point like he, he certainly seems to be someone that is is driving a particular agenda in this situation that leads to this this moment um Chi Chi you know when you think about that dynamic what what comes to mind for you
1: Um, it's, it's interesting. It goes back to, um, the paradigm shift, like, you know, Jesus being there to institute grace and that all of this religion and these strict, these strict rules are, it's not a form of freedom. It's, it doesn't represent, you know, the kingdom of God, if you will. Um, and I think of, you know, the, the whole, his three-year ministry leading up to his crucifixion, Mm -hmm. you know, they, and I have it, um, I'm pulling it up here where, the the crowd um, the insistent crowd responded um, but he's causing riots by his teaching wherever he goes yeah and you're thinking so what are exactly are riots is it healing a woman that's been sick for 12 years on a Sabbath but yeah. he's healing her <laughs> you know yeah. so is that so that's that 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 um, paradigm shift you know we're used to everything needs to be done a certain way like if Jason yeah. if you're yeah. gonna kill somebody make sure you don't do it on the Sabbath and forget the whole point that thou shalt not kill right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, or even when he's um, going to funeral pro- uh, procession and you're not you know with culture you're not supposed to touch the the body and he touches mm. the body and the person lived you know is, yeah. comes alive you know and you're just thinking, wow you know so are these the riots that they're talking about you know and missing the point of he's setting people free and healing Mm -hmm. people that's that's not important he's causing a ruckus yeah so
0: that That, that's (laughs) yeah that's interesting because the ruckus um you know part of it is like almost if you want to get more honest they should have said like instead of he's causing riots he's causing a riot inside of us He's right. offending us. He's upsetting our order, right? And um, it's what they're losing, not necessarily what the people are benefiting from, from, him, from Jesus freeing those people, as you said, right? <laughs> and, and Jason, it's kind of
3: too, too, like what we were just talking about a little bit earlier with the two sides and how they kind of fight against each other. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also what we talked about was it's easier when you can just have a set of rules that you got to follow or it's easier when you make your own rules Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and but at least you're following something that you know but when something new comes up and it starts messing with people's basic
0: the way they live their life every day and yeah it starts uh well part of that easy though i think like or maybe this way ask would be to ask you what is the easy for like what is the better towards like it's easier for what it's better for what end game like what is the outcome they're desiring for me
3: i, I don't know about them personally but yeah the way i see it and for me it would be more of that's the easy way to do things right
0: mm-hmm.
3: or that's the easy way to look good to others okay you no know, it can kind of be even like where am I getting
0: my fame from okay who am I appealing to and what does fame give us what does fame do for us
3: that makes us feel special
0: okay
3: <laughs> up and, yeah and yeah it can lead us down a bad road and I think that's a lot of what we're seeing here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, another dynamic, I guess, that comes to mind in thinking of that um, is if if I can jump two times and it's easy for me, then if I expect other people to jump um, two times, like I know I can pass that bar, but I know most people can't do that thing and so now all of a sudden i've separated myself from them but it's based on like my betterness um Mm -hmm. or my self-righteousness and so it almost seems like those rules they're shaping are they're they're shaping them based on the things that they're able to do that they know the other people can't do so that they can then be better than them Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah so um so yeah that's that's interesting so i guess after that part then you know they're accusing jesus of these things and Pilate's kind of confused (laughs) like what's going on here like i'd imagine the disconnect would partially also be that um he's looking at jesus he's looking at all of these accusations like you mentioned chi chi the the riots and stuff like this doesn't seem like a guy that's inciting riots you know (laughs) um the barabbas guy seems like the guy that would be doing that but there's a disconnect there right um So it seems like there's an intuition that he kind of sees that something's going on, but he goes, as Len mentioned earlier, am I a Jew? Your people and, and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why, what have you done? And so he's essentially asking Jesus, um, the answer to that, Jonathan, what, I mean, how do you make, what do you make of that when you think about it?
2: Well, I think that, if you're, I think you would get two different answers, like what was actually going on. Like if you ask the Sanhedrin, they're going to give you an answer. Like this guy is bad, right? <laughs> you know, the world is ending. That, that's the answer that you're going to get from them. If you went and polled and asked that same question to people that Jesus was actually interacting with, you probably get a much different response. Mm-hmm. To Chi's point, you're going to hear about healing. You're going to hear about grace. You're going to hear about love. And that's what's actually going on. And so I just can't help but think, like, I, this is just the way my brain works. I always try to take what we're dealing with, like whatever the subject matter is, and pull that forward. And how can I apply it? Like, how do I, how do I look at my current situation through that lens? And I think that if, you're, if you just listen to whoever the talking head is at the time telling you an interpretation or version of what's going on, you're likely missing what's actually going on And I think that this is a good case study for that, because if you went and asked any of the people that Jesus healed, which, you know, apparently was in the middle of some kind of riot, it probably would have had a different, you know, elicited a different response. And I think that that's noteworthy that, uh, you know, it's someone's story is a version of what actually happened. Now, how close a version that is to what actually happened is left to interpretation, but it's, but that's
0: what ends up happening. Mm, interesting. So when Jesus, he kind of takes a, a indirect path in some of these questions and, and responds uh, in a seemingly irrelevant way, right, to what we think's going on. But to your point, he's actually trying to address what's really going on. And so he says, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. Mm-hmm. So Chi-Chi, you know, he's saying, "What what is he saying there? If it were You know, he's saying if it were my followers, they would fight um, to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. So there's something that seems to be upside down here. What's what's he telling us?
1: (laughs) It's interesting because you can only imagine what they're thinking. Like, what other kingdom is there? Right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like at the time, they're not thinking the way that we're thinking. (laughs) Yeah. Where the
1: so, is- uh, here's another dimension <laughs> of whoa. <laughs> yeah. It- and so, um, so, I mean, so he says he has a kingdom, so he is a king, but it's just he's not a king here. What is, what's going on? So, that was intriguing to me, and I can't help but think... Because I've been binge-watching, please don't judge, so I'm like, man, if this was Back to the Future, what if it was (laughs) Solomon instead of Pilate, you know? What type of questions would he ask, you know? I'd be so intrigued. I think, um, you know, Solomon, with all his wisdom, would definitely expose the treachery (laughs) that was going on with, with his accusers, but... Um, to your point, it gets it gets deeper. Like I, I can only imagine what kingdom are you talking about? And it could, he can only answer that question if you were following him, right? If you mm-hmm. were, if there was an Instagram and you were constantly following and you know, yeah. on his every move and and watching his YouTube videos of all his <laughs> healings, right? Where he yeah. talks about this kingdom, right? This earthly or the, excuse me, this heavenly kingdom. So, um, so yeah, I think to your point, Jason, it gets a lot deeper, like it's it's yeah. more complex. And he's still, to me, even in this moment, he's still ministering, which I think is phenomenal. He's still yeah. talking yeah. about the kingdom of heaven. He's still administering grace mm-hmm. and still saying who he is, as you know, yeah. he's leaded, yeah. being led yeah. to this crucifixion, which is fascinating
0: yeah and well and what's yeah because it's interesting because uh or for a few different reasons but one of which is um you have i'd have to guess that that this caused Pilate to pause to at least consider it because you know the romans believed in all the pantheon of gods and they believed that these gods came to earth and interacted with people so it wasn't wasn't entirely foreign to them that it's a possibility um so in that in that kind of mindset i'm thinking okay, this guy's something that I'm not, this is something different. He saves from another kingdom. I almost wonder if, you know, it's caught between, is this guy crazy or is there something here, you know? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what do you think, Jonathan? Earthly kingdom versus heavenly. I,
2: I, that's, a, that, that's a really interesting point to look at it through that perspective because, man, this is such an interesting case study, like what's going on in, in, in Pilate's mind here. Because he has he has both simultaneously competing interests and aligning interests yeah. with yeah. <laughs> with and it's diff, it's it's very interesting to see him navigate that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I really don't. I mean, look, looking at it from the from the premise of what the Romans believed, because they did believe that they believed that there was gods yeah. and they came down and was Jesus one of these people? And so. Yeah. The last position that i would want to be in you know, as, as pilot you know executing yeah. this especially pilot, like, like
0: you mentioned the, the letter from his wife that comes later like that's another right. omen type yeah. of a thing like oh it's you know superstitious type of a thing correct right. and just and,
2: it, and that's just interesting because i thought about that and the first thing that i thought about was like oh man that's the holy spirit coming but all this happened before pentecost right and so it's uh it's it's just interesting to see you know is this the lord working here is this god like moving yeah. and trying to and, and, and compete there, or is it really just a superficial, self-serving kind of thing? This exercise that uh, that Pilate's going through, and so I don't know. I think that that's a that, that's a really interesting perspective, you know, putting himself in the in the uh, the current reality of a Roman of that day, because that's really what they believed in. So he could have construed Jesus to be one of these gods, because at that point, Pilate had to have known that Jesus was a man that did miracles. He yeah. might have known, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, to Chichi's point. There was no like live streams, right? He wasn't like live streaming this to Facebook and everywhere else. There was there was a disconnect in the continuity of information, so you yeah. don't know what information Pilot had, how recent yeah. it was. You know, he's getting told versions of what's going on by whoever his his uh, his counsel is. So those bits and pieces, oh, he did a miracle here, he did a miracle here. Maybe he is one of these guys that we
0: yeah that we well we, and and the yeah the other thing that comes to mind is um, you know for Pilot you talked about the competing. Um, Agendas that he's trying to reconcile, and you know, to him, Caesar. I mean, for the Romans and for Pilate, I mean, Caesar was God. There, there, there was no distinction between the gods and Caesar. He was just one of the gods. And A so, deity. what was that? A deity? Yeah. So there's that's part of like his god is Caesar, and though, and so his his mission to um, is to follow Caesar's direction and and part of that is to fight back any insurrection right so so he's got that issue and i think that's interesting because i think it all kind of hinges where this can it um hits at the what is truth his agendas his competing um forces i think if we're actually and fully committed to truth that would that would peel away those other agendas because we would have to let them go in order to embrace truth. Um, But if we're not committed to truth in something else, whether it's power or some, some other thing that we're desiring, then that, that truth pursuit is going to illuminate what our true motivation is, which I think is what's happening with the religious leaders at the same time as Pilate, right? So Len, what would you add to that? Or what would, how would you kind of work through those things Hmm. my kingdom come
3: the kingdom is not on the
0: we're still talking about the kingdom part yeah just this idea that the truth has a way of filtering what's going on what all these competing forces truth is something that that sifts that out And even, you know, another, another dynamic is, that's interesting. You know, Jesus says that my, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom and goes on. And Pilate misses, like, it seems like he misses everything he said. And he's like, so you're a king, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, he's not even hearing him. I don't know. What do you think, uh, Chi-Chi, that seemed to make you laugh.
1: It's, it's kind of goes back to what Jonathan says. Um, I feel like Pilate is trying to relate with Jesus as a Roman, like this is how we do it in our, our society. This is how we, you know, handle things. And now you're saying you're a king. Well, I know what a king looks like, or I know what a king, a king has authority, a king can decree this, a king can, you know, have all these people come and save him. Why is it that you're you know you look roughed up right mm-hmm. <laughs> you're 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 tied up or and you know yeah. you have you look weak but you say you're a king you
0: yeah. know yeah so. well yeah it's funny len what would you say about that just in sense of i think jesus is kind of going well what is a king right what does it mean to be a king what does a king look like what does a king do
3: yeah and i think too this goes along to what you know a little bit further down. I don't know if you wanna, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. To, to the actual, like when Pilate says, what is truth? Yeah. Um, and it's like, what is a king? Well, like a king is someone who's trustworthy, faithful, someone who you can trust their word. What they're gonna do is what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. And I And when I was kind of looking over this different scripture as well, just kind of studying the subject of truth. Um, I came across an interesting one in the beginning of John one, it was verse 14 and it says, uh, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of grace and truth. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. And there's little footnotes for that verse Um, and in the footnotes, it was saying that like in the original manuscripts and in earlier versions of the Bible, like new King James and King James, they actually have, instead of grace, it's full of unfailing love. And instead of truth, it was faithfulness.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: So that got me kind of like thinking more about what is What, how are we defining truth? Mm -hmm. And then putting that faithfulness in there, you know, all the promises that God gives us, all the promises that Jesus gave us, you know, if what he was saying wasn't true, then what's the point of it all? If we can't put, if he's the one that is really the faithful one, because we mess up all the time. Yeah. And we are ones that are not faithful.
0: Yeah. We're not
3: faithful to him. We're not faithful to others. And a lot of times we're not even faithful to ourselves. Yeah. And so, and so that question of like, what is truth that Pilate asks, I see it even more as like, I don't think he actually was asking it this way but it makes me because the way when i do writing and stuff when i i'm reading the bible and stuff i try to reflect on what's happening and i'm asking to ask myself that truth so i'm asking myself what is truth yeah and it got the spirit has shown me a lot of things through that through the years of doing that self-reflection and i think Pilate doesn't understand what truth is not just Oh, what is truth? Whatever. Your your own truth. Your own truth. But more of like, what is truth? Because I have been doing things trying to please Rome. Well, I've been doing things trying to please uh, the Jews. Everything I do, I think I'm going to do a good job of it, but it kind of backfires in my face. And yeah. I learned a lot of this stuff. There's an interesting, really interesting video i just happened to come across last night of this guy um the 10 minute bible hour have you guys heard of that
2: Mm-mm.
3: it was a couple of years ago and he did a huge well a really big video on who was pilot mm. and he goes into a lot of this stuff and a lot of stuff that i was reading online and trying to re- do my own research he goes really into a lot of depth and a lot of what is just speculation and stuff as well but yeah But I think that's something that might be behind Pilot as well, is that so many times he tries, he thinks he's doing the right thing, it fails, Mm -hmm. and he just feels like he's a mess up, or he feels like he's a failure, or he feels like he's in danger for his life. Yeah. And so I think coming down to that is like asking ourselves, what is truth? Is a really Mm -hmm. good self-revealing question to ourselves as well.
0: Yeah. And, and where do we stand with wanting that or not wanting it? Um, I think what's, you know, right before Pilate asks that Jesus says, you know, he says about the kingdom, this is my kingdom is not of this world, but he says, I came into the world to testify, testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Mm -hmm. And And so, yeah.
3: I was just saying, and if you put in that, like, what I say is faithful, like when, what I was saying mm-hmm. earlier, what I say is gonna. I am happen, faithful. Yeah. what it, What I say is gonna come true. It it, it really changes the dynamic of it.
0: Yeah, but and part of I guess how I like read you that said, is. Like
3: a thing, oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, I was gonna oh, say yeah. it, it's almost like it's it's not just what is true, like sky is blue, kind of true. It's like this is the most important truth that I'm telling. Yeah. And there's authority
3: behind it, like we were saying earlier. Yeah,
0: the source. You're
3: you're our king? And he's like, yeah, my, this is not my kingdom. And Mm it's like Chi-Chi was saying, well, I know what a king looks like, and you don't look like him. He has (laughs) authority and stuff. But this this, this faithfulness that he has for us that changes the whole thing of a relationship with the Father Mm -hmm. is... I don't know, it just really stands out to me a lot. And I don't even fully comprehend it. I'm still digging into it now because of this yeah. conversation.
1: I think yeah. um, Len Go did ahead, a good it. point. I don't know if, if you guys caught it or maybe you did. Um, when Len mentioned the relationship with the father, it seemed okay. like these religious leaders had more relationship with the law <laughs> mm. than with the the father. I think that that was a good, um, a, a good perspective, yeah. Len. The source of the <laughs> truth hmm
0: yeah and i guess the other thing that really kind of sticks out is all who love the truth recognize that what i say is true and what that tells me is like jesus is a litmus test for us mm-hmm. in the sense that if we are truly committed to truth we should be listening to what jesus is saying um based on the the foundation that he is telling the truth right which goes, what is truth, right? So it's like this: Is he saying it? If he is, then he's he's that litmus test that we're either are or are not. So then, Pilate goes on. He says, "He he." The thing that's interesting: he does he doesn't even stick around for an answer. He asks the question and walks away. What's going on there, Jonathan? So the
2: first time I read this, I thought, okay, well, the first thing that you know, Pilot, as soon as Pilate found out that he was a king or professed to be a king, that instantly drew Pilate's attention, right? Because you mentioned earlier, Jason, that one of one of Pilate's jobs as, as uh, the governor there, but he was also the perfect, right? So he was in charge of administering law and things like that, was to squash insurrection. And the, Roman, the Romans did not view Jesus as a king. So instantly he's like, oh, I got what I need. He's, you know, he's professing to be king. And then Jesus, you know, talks about being the truth. And so, like, I first thought, like, oh, well, maybe he, like, maybe there was, like, a pause. Maybe, I, I can't imagine that a person, even, like, in that day, would walk up to Jesus and not know that something was different about him, right? Like, I, I have a hard time reconciling that. You have, like, through an interaction with Jesus, whether you believe in him or not, you're not going to walk away, like, the same. You, it's, I, 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 I don't see how that could happen. And so through this interaction, you know, maybe, you know, Pilate says, okay, well, you know, okay, it, you know, he's a king, I got to do something about it. But then he goes on to talk about truth, and Pilate's like, man, you know, maybe there is something about this, you know, what is true? But then you could also read it the other way, where he just totally dismisses it, what is true, and then walks out of the room, you know, not waiting for an answer. So I think him walking out of the room kind of is, is testament to
0: his disposition
2: mm-hmm. on, on, on the subject. Yeah, I think that he discredited yeah. it with being because he didn't care enough to wait around an answer.
0: yeah although at the same time um there, i wonder if there is an aspect that he's like it, Jesus. he almost feels like jesus is playing games with him like because he he i i do get a sense like when he goes back out um you know they're all spewing their uh their accusations and i think he's almost like okay if you're going to play this game, like, I'll just throw you back out to the lions, you know? Um, yeah. that, that's a, a sense that I get, but he goes on. he says, aren't you going to answer them? What about you? All these charges they are bringing against you. Jesus remained silent and Pilate was amazed. Yeah. So now that, that part, yeah, that, that part to me, when I read it, because the
2: Bible tells us that Jesus was both fully God and fully made,
0: right? Yeah. So,
2: Man, I'm I'm putting myself in Jesus's shoes, like as like as a human being, that's got to be intensely frustrating, right? And he might have been a little irritated and he was yeah. showing person. The They're like, He's, I'm not even I'm not even going to recognize that, you know? It doesn't even like deserve a response. Uh, so that was I, I I thought about that for a little bit when I went up when I reread that and I read it a few times and I I, I could really set myself in his shoes and no, I'm not saying I'm set myself in Jesus's shoes, but you know, like as as a human, yeah. sharing the human condition, that that would scare me. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't entertain that.
0: Yeah. Well, what what do you th- what's his reason for for staying silent? You think?
2: I honestly don't know. And uh, I don't know. I, I think that it was maybe to make a point, uh, because at that point, nothing that he could say is going to change their mind. And in the back of his mind, Jesus know what his final disposition was. Right, mm-hmm. and so from the human again, from the human condition, he could have been saying, "Let's just get it over with," right? Because he just came out of the Garden of Gethsemane, and you he knew what was about to happen to him, and that human element, that human nature, I I, I just would think that there would be something in him saying, "Okay, if this is what's got to happen, let's just get it over with. Let's not let's not belabor it," right? Yeah. Uh, I don't
3: know. Yeah. Well, Jason, do you have? Did you have that in here, the verse where he talks about, you know, or was that in one of your other talks when he says, you know, you wouldn't have the authority to take my life unless it was given to you?
0: And so, kind of like, yeah, that's oh, a little go- bit later when he comes back to Herod, comes back to Pilate oh, okay. after seeing Herod. Yeah. Um, I do
1: have a comment. Yeah, go ahead. Gigi. Um, in regards to what Jonathan was saying, you know, being God. And human, you know, that's a whole different dynamic as well. Um, I would think that was just, when I was reading that um, that write up that you gave us. I thought that's a level of self control I know nothing about. <laughs> just absolutely, there's always that reflex, no matter how you try. You want to be calm. You're breathing in. You're breathing out. But you know, and to, and you know what's going to happen. But then I also think about you know, during Jesus's um, ministry, how he was always confronting these religious leaders. And even to your point, you know, he's God and he just didn't have time. He is eternity and just didn't have time. Like, I'm just going to check you at your thoughts. Don't even worry about (laughs) speaking, you know? (laughs) I can't imagine, like, he knows what they're thinking and then what they're saying, and he's still being calm. Oh. Yeah. So, like I said, it's a level of self-control, I know nothing
0: about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I think that goes back to the garden, the, his agony in prayer in mm-hmm. the garden was, yeah. I, I think a lot of that he wrestled in that moment and that gave mm-hmm. him what he needed in these following moments to be more composed, um, which perhaps is the lesson there, you know, for us to, to, to mm-hmm. do that wrestling, to work out those emotions. Um, yeah. because we know that the trials and tests are coming and when they happen, are we ready for them?
3: Yeah. It's his humbleness and his, his meekness. Uh, we, we don't like to use that work word anymore, but I really love that word, how it used what it used to mean. but, um, just that power that he has, that's under control and he knows what's happening. He knows what has to be done. Like you're saying, going back to the the garden where he was in that conversation, mm-hmm. that deep, hard conversation with the father. Yeah, um,
0: and there is an aspect of Jesus; he's not, or even God Himself, he's not extravagant in the sense that what is necessary to accomplish the the goal is 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 the is what he does. So he's he's not trying to do more than is necessary to accomplish that. Um, yeah. He's not using more force than is necessary. Yeah. And it's prophesied. He's going to be like that as well. So yeah. that's who he
3: is. Again, he's mm-hmm. faithful to the promises that he said a long time ago before yeah. even this moment that he yeah. was going
0: to. Yeah. And so, you know, now he's there, there is an to your kind of double mindedness thought, Jonathan, you know, he, he's listening to them. He's listening to Jesus. He's, ask he's kind of earnestly going to jesus like give me something to work with you know um and jesus like that that's not important something else is important focus on this and he's just focused on his his agenda right um and so he he, yeah yeah we all are (laughs) um that's a good point like just how distracted are we in our work and our relationships and life um and we've we're completely missing the most important part of all of it, right? So then he goes on to say I find nothing wrong with this man and he is defending Jesus. Um but the crowd like like you mentioned earlier chi chi he's causing riots. <laughs> he's teaching <laughs> wherever he goes all over Judea from Galilee to Jerusalem. It's interesting cuz when you said that it reminded me um I think it was Martin Luther King, um, his, maybe the Birmingham jail letter, but he, he kind of addressed, there was a lot of accusations about some of the protests they were doing, that they were causing these riots and the, in these particular things he was doing were peaceful. And, and, and in fact, the, the violence was coming at them. It wasn't, it wasn't them instigating it. And, and so there's an aspect of this that just, it seems to, to stick out. Um, but it, it comes from the crowd. Like that's what, that's, what's interesting is the crowd is saying that he's causing the riots. Like, but isn't the crowd, (laughs) the riot, isn't the crowd causing the riot? Cause they are the crowd. (laughs) I don't know what's going on there. You think Chi-Chi?
1: It's, it's interesting because it shows that they have an ulterior motive, right? Mm -hmm. They're, they're getting violent with someone who clearly is not (laughs) violent at all as a matter of fact very very calm and passive and um yeah so it goes back to this hypocrisy like um len and jonathan were saying before you're like where and i can only imagine what pilot was thinking like this is out of control and i you know as we're reading this the this the, the message or the the section he just wants to be done with it. Oh, oh, you said he's from Galilee. Oh, well, then I, I he needs to go to Herod. Like, <laughs> like,
0: just, there yeah, we go. Yeah. <laughs> but they so. It's so interesting because it's almost like he got a miracle. Like, right? I can send him. I can yeah. send him over <laughs> to him.
2: <laughs> yeah, he not yeah, that, that, that decision. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, what do you think of that? That scape. I, I guess
1: yeah, um, this is an escape route for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um But how often is that us? Like instead of dealing with the truth or this really difficult situation, we find a way out like like this, or at least one that we perceive to be, because obviously Herod sends them back. But <laughs> what do you think, Jonathan?
2: Well, I mean, I think again, that's a human condition. I think that's what we're gonna default to, right? I mean, we're you know, absent of of any conviction, like really strong health conviction or other compass, we're going to default to the path of least resistance. Yeah, And if we can postpone, uh, delegate, or put off anything that hurts or causes pain or friction, I think that, you know, absent of uh, of a strong conviction or or, or a different compass, I think that that's what we're going to gravitate towards. I think mean, again, yeah. that's just part of the human condition, and and it's a, and it's a sad state because yeah, I mean again, I always try to look at things through the lens of our current condition and current so my current condition and situations, and even looking back over my life, just thinking about man, if I dealt with that, or if I handled this mm-hmm. differently, if I you know you know dealt with this head on instead of trying to go around it or postponing or delaying, the outcome would have been different, probably better, and so yeah, I, I yeah, can wholeheartedly relate
0: yeah.
3: And isn't it funny, Jonathan? How we, especially as guys, we like um, we think we're strong if we can handle this stuff on our own, if we can keep it secret, or if we can, like, yeah, just handle it on our own. But if once we do confess that, not and not a not only to God but to other believers uh-huh. and such, there's such growth in that. And we think, and there's such strength in that, but we think the strength is all in doing it ourselves and becoming better ourselves, doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's strength and freedom
2: with, with, yeah. with those types of approaches, because once, you know, what the Bible says, what's in darkness comes to light. And whether you deal with it when it happens or whether you deal with it later, it's going to get dealt with eventually. It's just yeah. how much collateral damage do you collect along the way. You know, that path can be short, that path can be long. It's really it's really up to
0: you. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is I think we we have a tendency to think we're strong, a a certain level of strength that we have, but then the pressure is is bigger and stronger and larger than than perhaps we've experienced before we realized how not strong we are.
3: (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: Or tired of dealing with the
3: same thing over and over. Mm. So if there is an escape route,
0: yeah, just take it. Yeah. yeah.
3: We yeah, fail over true. and over on the yeah. same thing we struggle with.
0: Yeah. At Chi Chi, what would you say about? that idea of strength and freedom and it's how that.
1: it's true you know you have an image of what you think you should be or what people want you to be right and then mm-hmm. when you feel like you've and it's could be like my dad said, it could be psychosomatic you know it's just <laughs> you know when you realize oh i didn't make I didn't meet that mark or you know i'm not up to par I'm, I'm trying to find a way to supplement for that i'm trying to you know find a way to mm-hmm. you know create this facade if you will you know um to to look like i'm strong because if if they find out this is the way i really am they may not like me they may not trust me or i might lose you know friends and things of that nature so yeah it's mm-hmm. it's definitely an inner struggle to say the least but to, to everyone's point, you know, having that counsel or that support system um, where there's no judgment and there's that grace we talk about again. I can only imagine um, with these religious leaders, there's no room for, mm-hmm. you have to be perfect, right? You have to follow yeah. the laws, you have to do this. And if you're if you don't, you either confess and you're you're knocked out, or you're hiding and trying to, you know, make up for something. So Um, I see that struggle as well, because, you know, as we talked about earlier, I can't go inside because I have to be clean for Passover. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) like it's just, that's what you got out of this? Like, (laughs) really? (laughs) Okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Chi-Chi, do you, how, how do you experience that in the networking world?
1: Oh yeah, so I'm an introvert. <laughs> so I'm like the low, low of the networkers.
0: <laughs> Any of a networking company. <laughs> and so
1: for me, Len, it's like I gotta get out there. I gotta put my best face on. I'm tired. I don't wanna deal with people, but I'm gonna smile, I'm gonna shake hands, I'm gonna, you know, do all this stuff and I'm I get weary. I get really weary. So um mm-hmm. And there, there are times where I'm just like, you know, I will just go in the corner and just woosah, you know, even <laughs> with a big room of people, which, you know, this is pre-pandemic, you know, and, um, and to yeah. your point, there is a lot of pressure, but I have to kind of give myself some grace, like, okay, you know, and, and that's what I'll do. I'll look at um, these events, you know, see how many people are going to be there and, you know, what, what, um, what type of programming it, it is. And if it seems like it might be overwhelming, I just won't go.
0: yeah so uh, one other thought that kind of came to mind that we hadn't really talked about was the idea that this this is contextualized within passover Uh in passover was you know that the the last of the 10 plagues and and um the angel of death came and took the firstborn for those who didn't have the um the blood of the lamb on their doorposts, and um, and essentially that's representing God um, freeing, liberating the, the Israel's from the oppressive Egyptians and Pharaoh. How, do you all have any you know what direct connections do you, do you see between the situation with Pilate and, and the Pharaoh situation with Moses and and there, Jonathan, any any thoughts that, Stick, I mean, stick up.
2: I haven't thought about that particular dynamic, but as far as Pilate and his his uh, shuffling of Jesus off to Herod at the end, yeah, I, I think understanding what was currently going on, it was Passover, uh, but also Pilate, Pilate was in charge of governing not only the Romans, but Jews to some extent as well. And so by him shuffling, I mean, it ended up turning out differently because he had to make a call in the end, but him yeah. shuffling... Uh, Jesus off of Herod was politically expedient for him as well because that way he still maintained whatever level of rapport that he had with the Jews at the time because man in his mind like worst case scenario is I've got to execute this guy this Jew in the middle of Passover it's going to be catastrophic right like, yeah. that's what he, in, in the back of his mind but I mean Passover did play a lot in, into this Yeah. but I think you know, you know um, Pilate at the end I think that you know he was making he was he was acting in my opinion in the most self-serving way possible, and that's you know and, and that had a direct relation to who mm-hmm. to who he was dealing with how how, how all this was going to play out politically for him.
0: Yeah, the- yeah, Passover. yeah. Because that makes me think in terms of the the Passover, like, and 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 the importance of what's happening right now is that you know God brought Israel out of Egypt; He delivered them. Out from pharaoh and they just got themselves suppressed right over again and and now they're under the thumb of rome (laughs) right and so it's like all right we're back to where we started but that's where jesus is is i think what he's trying to say is like the actual prop the way we solve this problem is is in another it's in another realm it's in another dimension it's in the heavenly it's in the soul and so for us to deal with this this dynamic we have to go to the heart of the matter and that's what i'm here to do so that's it's kind of an interesting thing that just occurred to me it's a good point so what are your your final thoughts um len Mm -hmm. you want to start us off like what's your takeaway how how do we apply this to our life um is it relevant
3: yeah and i think what you were just talking about passover and what happened when uh, the Hebrews were taken out of uh, Egypt and such. You know, there there's a lot of political stuff there. Um, both sides again, and even through since then, when they were freed to when Jesus was going through this trial, there was times when you know they forgot God again, mm-hmm. and even warned them like if you forget me you're gonna you're gonna turn away if you turn away if you don't teach my word and such and my truth from generation to generation you're gonna forget me in three generations and that happened over and over and that's where you know they got exiled to Babylon and all that other stuff as well um and like I was mentioning earlier I've been reading Tozer and uh, uh Spurgeon and stuff and it's I was saying this too a couple of weeks. It's it's just funny how we rinse and repeat history, <laughs> and how they were talking back then of how bad everything is and how bad culture was, and can't wait till Jesus returns and
0: <laughs> he's of next minute and,
3: <laughs> and then here again in this culture, in this day and age, everything that's going on, and we kind of measure it like, oh, this is the worst humanity has ever had it. And I I think that's kind of a prideful statement to say that, that this is the worst it's ever been. Um, And I think we got to take a time to look back and personally for me, like just pour back my time into Jesus himself and such. Um, He is the faithful one, kind of like I was going up earlier. (laughs) The other word that they use for the truth in that scripture is faithfulness.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And through it all, through all of history, He's been faithful, and so are we. Concerned? What are we really concerned about? Pleasing Him and honoring Him, glorifying Him, loving Him, loving others, or proving our points and fighting with each other and hurting each other and thinking this is the worst time ever? I
0: don't know. Yeah. It's just, well, just what I'm going right now. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned like the integration of 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 that with the in the politi- It's very political. Um in its application or in its implication, but I mean, what would you say to someone who's like a lot of people would look at you know the the world the the, the um, chaos of the world right now and say, well we've got to get our we, it's we've got to solve this politically like how would you respond to that the type of person if they came to you and said, you know we need better leaders we need to we need to do this or that um, politically we need to rule out this law we need to get this person elected. how would you respond to those? Well, I'm
3: I'd, I'd wondering why they'd be coming to me asking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but let's say they think that is the answer. How would, you, how would you respond to that?
3: Yeah, that's where the life you live as a follower of Christ comes in. That's where, yeah, that's hard. I, I don't know exactly what I would say. I would say probably my thoughts and positions on things, but you know, people have probably tried that before. Again, mm-hmm. it's just a repeating of history. Nothing yeah. new is under the sun.
0: Wow. And so, what's what is really that what's, cy- what's the meaning of us going through that cycle over and over? Then,
3: well, that's life, and that's the what's the word, the phrase of when things get worse and worse and worse as humans are getting worse and worse and worse. What is that? Like
0: spiraling out of control or something? Yeah, there's a specific or descending. Orbit like thought and
3: theology mm-hmm. i think even behind it all but the cane it's just you gotta I, i'm just so thankful
0: that I, yeah
3: that jesus brought me to himself into a relationship with him and me. so yeah and i can do what i can to love others love him and share his gospel
0: yeah thank you
3: and that's kind uh, of like a. oh sorry yeah okay. go ahead I was going to say, that's kind of like going back to the truth thing. What is truth? We have all these truths out there. We have all these religions, all these plans for success. But we, yeah, we can't take it with us. We can't do anything with it when we're out of here. So what are we really doing Mm -hmm. with um, the message of Jesus? And are we trying to twist it like many have done to their own gain or... Mm.
0: Yeah, that's it's yeah. Because what sticks out for me when you say that is, we kind of want it both ways. We want the benefits of uh, Jesus, but we also want to use Jesus in this world, to we can get benefits in this side of heaven.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we watched um, the latest episode of Chosen the other day, me and Elizabeth, (laughs) and afterwards, there's there's some. I know it's it's produced by like um, Latter Day Saints. Are part of what's the big thing that's pushing it. But the director, he's actually an evangelist, mm. born-again Christian. And so I was just trying to get more details. I was just interested more behind yeah. the things. There's some things that in the, in the Chosen that I can see that's like more of a Latter-day Saints uh, influence sometimes. But then I'm also like, am I just being critical? So yeah. I looked up, I was trying to look up this stuff just to find out more about it. And one of the guys that are that's involved in the show, he I, he must work for the VidAngel or Angel Studios, what it's called now. But he's um, he mentioned he's a Mormon, but he does, they don't like to be called Mormons anymore. So that's what I'm trying to say, Latter Day Saints. Mm. But it's interesting how their response as well to Chosen people that have been emailing him that are Latter-day Saints saying, like, how could you let an evangelical mm-hmm. do this? So that's that's their truth, you know. And we have our truth, and they're saying, like, oh, Christians hate us. Why would you let them do this? Christians are gonna distort the scriptures. How can you let them do this? And he had some pretty interesting things to say about it, but it made me think like, man, I don't hate Latter-day saints, yeah. but see, we, we get these distortions of truth as well. And I was reading a lot in the Bible last week about in Peter and in John, first John and such that he was writing about the, the antichrists that are going to be coming into the world. And Jesus says it too, in revelation and in the gospels. And it's not just the antichrist there's antichrists that come that say oh yeah we believe in jesus and then they'll pull you in and start they believe in something else so it can come down to that too it's like bible says do not associate with them don't encourage them but then are they really followers because there's the other verse where jesus is confronted well not confronted but has his disciples come up to him and they're like hey, there's these people that are casting out demons and healing people in your name, but they're not part of our group. So we told them <laughs> to <this stuff. laughs> So it's like, well, what do I do about that verse too? And I, I'm sure there's a lot more context behind that as well. But it just gets me thinking more of others and that are in, let's say they know Jesus and they know the truth, but they practice other things than what I believe is the truth from the Bible and for what God has revealed to me. So it's, I don't know,
0: it's- Complex. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan, what what would you add to that and what final thoughts would you have uh, for our discussion today?
2: Well, final thoughts, just reading back through the story, uh, you know, and even like around uh, Easter even, it's, you forget, the the gravity of what happened and the in the carnality and just how bloody this whole entire situation was and it just brings a refreshed uh sense i guess of gratitude and and uh, i don't know if respect is the right word but just an awareness of what of what sacrifice actually took place it, right and yeah. it just it, it's humbling it's uh it's overwhelming if, if you really think about it like what actually transpired back then and the love that jesus had to have We can't even fathom that type of love to endure something like this it's just it's just always a good it keeps you grounded is, is yeah because yeah, i also good yeah
0: was, go ahead i'll yeah go ahead
2: so the second part to it was i i you know, Jesus. Jesus replied, "My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom, or my followers do not fight me." And then goes on to say, "But, uh, but my kingdom is not of this world." And so, like, I think that if we, as a society, looked for our answers—not earth answers, but kingdom answers, heavenly answers—I think that we would find this, in, we would find ourselves in a much different situation instead of seeking answers based on logic and academics. We, 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 we seek answers that are, that are based in love and truth, mm-hmm. which are not of this world. So if we can look at things through a different paradigm, I think that, you know, it would just, it would change everything. There's such a powerful statement. my kingdom is not of this world. So if kingdom is not of this world, why are we seeking answers that are of this world? And so it just, it just changes, it changes the way that you think and approach, not only problem solving, but questions, but just life in general.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just a, a marvel. Yeah, and it's um, you know, the the way in which Jesus saw everyone, um, and his love for them, like we can even be critical of Pilate and the religious leaders who can be more villainous in this story than than not. But at the same time, he loved them too, just as much. And so he saw them in a way that that even can be hard for us to see, because we're not in those positions. But um, but however, he was seeing things. He he loved them and, and loved and saw through that love and and there's something for us to 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 dive into and to, to ask for and to develop that vision because you know it it's it's difficult to to not um, there, there's a tension there of, of 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 the person and what they're doing and their sin or their idolization and the in the consequences of that and and the person that god created who's made in His image who is yeah to be honored and when i'm not loving
3: others i'm not loving god
0: yeah unto these unto the least of these you do unto me so chi chi what would be your final thoughts and words of
1: wisdom for us this has been a great talk. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And um, for me, I always think of remembrance, you know, the whole, the mm. whole um, the process. And I was, I was hearing someone say, you know, when we wear a cross, we see that as a symbol of grace. It's, it's, um, you know, um, Jesus. And during that time it was, you know, capital punishment. It wasn't something, you know, as Jonathan said, mm-hmm. extremely bloody. It's very violent. It's, it's death, you know, but we've, taking that paradigm shift and turned it into something else you know mm-hmm. um and then also with um the last supper with the communion going back to what len said the relationship piece was totally gone you know yeah. you now that i'm i'm gonna go through this we're, we're connected you know you don't have to go through someone we can have this personal relationship and you don't have to be bound by all these rules and laws and regulations that freedom jonathan was talking about yeah. and i always think of even um because I'm, I'm a history buff, <laughs> and um, when they talk about the, um, you know, leaving the exodus, you know, going through the Red Sea, it actually parted, and they were saying yeah. that it might have, the walls of the water could have been like a thousand feet high, and I'm thinking even if it was three feet high, you know, <laughs> see, I still think that's a miracle within itself, right? <laughs> But, you know, to Len's point, once they got over, they were complaining. Like, they quickly (laughs) forgot. Like, how do you miss? And then then that's just me being judgmental. Like, (laughs) if I was there, I would never complain, right? so i think it just goes back to that remembrance we have to remember and and to um jonathan's point to be grateful to be humble this is not just and len said it too this stuff was prophesied centuries and centuries ago and was fully carried out um so this is not um by chance you know
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) cool well thank you so much for sharing thank you all for participating in it
1: absolutely it was great it was great (laughs)
0: All right. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Share Life. For additional stories and systems to live better and work smarter, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. We look forward to having you listen in on the next episode of Share Life.